We all love to hear players tell the untold stories from their time at Goodison Park. Sometimes, great stories can come from life after Everton too. In a new series for the official Everton podcast, we look to unearth a little bit of both. I'll be speaking to an intriguing list of former Blues about the highs and lows they experienced on Merseyside and those they encountered once fate had taken their careers and their lives down a different path. My latest guest came through the ranks at Everton to make his debut at the age of just 16. He went on to play for Manchester City and England before falling to League One and falling out of favour at Sunderland. I caught up with Jack Rodwell to find out if he had any regrets and to discover what drove his successful climb back to the Premier League last season with Sheffield United. Jack, thanks very much for joining us. Great to see you back in the Premier League. Just tell us a little bit about how the move to Sheffield United came about. Yeah, so I was um, I was out of contract at the time, and um, uh, the manager called me agent. So I got I got uh, the word from the agent saying that Sheffield United had been in touch. So um, obviously they were doing brilliant at the time. Uh, so I went in and trained with them for maybe a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, he said, you know, I'm really pleased with how you're doing, and would love to give you a contract. So been a good club uh, I've enjoyed it uh, I manager was brilliant playing such good football um, but yeah it was just a case of the manager speaking to me agent and wanting to have a look see where I'm at fitness wise um, and yeah he was pleased and it, we, we got it done quite quickly. From the outside looking in Chris Wilder looks like a real players manager. No he is he's um, all the lads respect him so much like um, like you said he is a good man manager uh, he knows when to to give you the firework and he knows when to put his arm around you um, you know my experience like I said I've only been with him this season but all the lads respect him so much and if you've got that behind you then you know you, it's, it's half the battle won already so um, yeah he's brilliant for us and you know we all we all love him How's Jags doing Jack? Yeah it's good to be back with Jags like when I when I first signed it was like it was like a bit of a blast from the past seeing him in the changing room uh, but he's doing brilliant you know uh, Still the same old Jags, uh, laughing and joking all the time. And to be honest, he's, he's just as fit as ever, if I'm being honest. He's honestly in the, uh, in the running sessions, he's, he's always like first in the pack. And he's, I can't believe how, how fit he is for his age and how, how well he looks on the pitch. Has he quietened down at all? <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> he's exactly the same as when I knew him then. It was crazy. And what about John Lundstrom? John Lundstrom's a, a terrific football story, isn't it? When Everton released John Lundstrom, I don't think either party, in all honesty, ever thought that he would play in the Premier League, but he's done really well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done really well Like since I've come in. I didn't really know of him much. Obviously, I knew of him at Everton, but he was a few years younger than me, so I didn't really ever play with him. And I think when I was in the first team, I don't know if he was quite in the reserves yet, or you know, he, or he might have been on loan a few times um, so I didn't quite get to, to speak to him too much while we were at Everton but uh, I knew of him and I knew what his game was about but like since I've joined here you know he's he's really kicked on and he's you know he's held himself really well in the Premier League and I think he'll that'll be him now for his career if he carries on the way he's going and yeah he's, he's doing really well it's good for a, a local Liverpoolian to be kicking on like that Absolutely I, I like nothing better than to check all the scores on a Sunday and, and see former players from Everton who are, who are still playing league football the likes of Peter Clark's gone on forever. Mark Hughes has had a really good career. Little Scott Brown as well. If we can't produce footballers for Everton, then let's produce footballers for somebody else. Exactly. Like, um, 
even from my group, uh, my age group, uh, Hope Akpan, he's um, he's obviously playing. Callum McManaman, he's at Luton at the minute. And he's one of my good friends. So, you know, there's players that are like making livings, like you said, maybe not quite, they've not quite done Wayne Rooney's path, but, you know, they've, they've made a good living. Uh, obviously, James Vaughan as well, he's been going on for a while. Um, you know, and yeah, it's brilliant. And the academy, like from when I was there, the academy was, was always the best. Like Everton, our age group was always the best. And years and years above and years below, you always hear that we've got the best team and the best lads always at Everton. So, you know, like you said, they're, they're doing something right. The coaches are brilliant and they're always producing good young players. When did you first walk through the gates at Everton? It probably would have been Neverton, wouldn't it, all those years ago, Jack? Actually, the first time I trained was Belfield. Um, I think I was seven years old. Uh, I remember it was, uh, do you remember Tony Farrell Tosh? Yeah. Yeah, straight away he said like, uh, you know, he said to my parents, you know, oh, we really like him. You know, can he stay an extra extra an hour and train with the year above as well? So I trained with the with the sevens or, and then I, I stayed an extra hour, trained with the eights as well. And then from then on, I just, yeah, stayed with, with Everton uh, and I loved it. You know, I was there from seven till 60 and then I made my debut. It was an amazing journey and I, to be honest, I couldn't have been at a better place. It was such a family club. Uh, and, you know, once you're there, it's, it'll always be a, a, a club that's, st- everyone I've spoke to have been at Everton. It's, it's a club that like sticks with you. And so it'll always be in your heart, really, especially for me, because I was a, a young lad, a local lad. To be there from the age of seven and, and complete the journey through to the first team is, is a wonderful story, but it's not easy, is it? It takes an awful lot of commitment from, from yourself and obviously from, from, you know, I know your mum and dad as well were there week in, week out. It, it's a huge, huge commitment. Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, at seven years old, you probably don't quite realise what commitment you're actually doing, you know. Uh, but looking back, you know, we lived in Southport, so to, to drive to Belfield uh, every other night or every night, it sometimes um, was a good hour for my mum and dad. And yeah, they, they put the hours in themselves and I, I was just sat there in the passenger seat with my boots on waiting to go, really. So a lot of commitment on their behalf as well. And, um, you know, when you get to like to the age of 10, 11, 12, and you start, then you start to feel the commitment, you know, when you're made to start and doing things of a weekend and you can't quite do it because you've got a game on the Sunday or on the Saturday. And then you start feeling like, you know, you're going to have to put the commitment in if you want to make it. And, you know, you have to make sacrifices at a young age. And it's only when you look back now that, you know, you realise it was all worth it and, you know, you, you, I wouldn't have done anything different. It's a huge ask, that, isn't it, for a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, to, to start making sacrifices so young? Yeah, well, it is. I mean, like, like I said, there was times when, I mean, it might even be little things like my mates was all staying over at one of, one of the lads' houses, and, but I had a game the next day and, you know, it's a case of my parents probably didn't want me to stay over because they wanted me to be in my own room resting up for the game. And, you know, I probably could have stayed over, but, you know, it's just these little sacrifices that you just make just to perhaps perform a little bit better and, you know, just keep your eye on the ball a little bit. And, you know, throughout the years, yeah, you do make a lot of sacrifices. And then when you start getting to the age, when you start going to more like the, the bars and the pubs and stuff like that, and that's when you really have to try and, <laughs> you, know, you know, you have to try and make a sacrifice there, um, especially until like you've, you've got your foot in the door a little bit until you're established as a professional. Yeah. I recall when you were 14 and 15 that you, you were already a little bit of a name at Everton Football Club, but it always happens that the, the best players out the group, everybody's made aware of them. Did you start to feel a little bit of pressure yourself around that time, Jack? Were you aware that you were a, a bit of a name at Belfield? Uh, I possibly didn't aware I was a name, but I probably did feel the pressure a little bit. Like uh, I remember, I remember I was 14 years old and, I was turning up 
in my head, I was turning up to play with the 15s, maybe the 16s. And then um, it was Neil Jusniff at the time who pulled me and said, you know, you're playing with the 18s today. And that was a massive shock to me. <laughs> my heart sunk and I'm thinking, <laughs> in my eyes, the 18s then were men, you know. So yeah, I was only yeah. a 14-year-old. Uh, I think that was when it, I really thought, wow, felt the pressure there, but actually played really well. And then I think it was 15 that I made my reserve debut. But back then, the reserve, it's a little bit different to what it, what it is now. Like we had... I think we had like Andromeda was playing. Could be wrong, but maybe like a Valenti could have been playing. Uh, Victor Vorni up front, you know, two Premier League strikers. You know, at 15 years old, that was a little bit daunting. And then obviously your first team debut at 16. But, you know, every milestone that you hit, I felt like you, you get the more games you play, the more comfortable you get with it. I always thought that for everybody that came through after Wayne Rooney, it was always going to be a, a bit more challenging because Wayne... Wayne's once in a lifetime, we all know that, but he set the bar of expectation so high. You know, people, people, even now, people get into the first team when they're 18 and 19, and you'll always hear somebody say, ah, yeah, but Rooney played for England when he was 17. Did, did people in the academy feel that, or, or was, he, was, was Wayne just an inspiration to you? He was an inspiration. His brother was actually in my team. Uh, John was in my team from like, from seven, actually. Uh, I think maybe till 15 or 16. But uh, yeah, we were obviously what we seen what he was doing he was like he was the goal he was the ambition that what we all wanted to do but obviously like you said he's a once in a lifetime generational player where he's like gone on to become in England one of England's greatest players one of the Premier League's greatest players so you know it wasn't a bad goal to have but to be able to to hit them heights you know is obviously very difficult so to put that sort of pressure on a young Everton player it's very it's, it is a little bit unfair because like he is a one-off really you know and they don't come often when you made your first team debut in Alkmaar uh, on that cold, cold oh, night. It was absolutely <laughs> freezing, by the way. I couldn't feel my feet and the manager said, get ready. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't run up the touchline, never mind go on the field. It was like minus seven degrees, wasn't it? It was shocking. Did you feel that you were ready then, Jack, to play for the first team? Um, yeah, yeah, I did actually. I did, you know. Every time I trained, I felt like, you know, I feel comfortable here. I definitely don't feel out my depth. Um, but again, I've not witnessed what first team football was like. So, you know, a training session is completely different. So being, you know, pushed into it, into Europa League, um, you know, it was, it's like an eye-opener really. Um, but yeah, I did feel ready. Uh, I, I definitely felt big and strong enough. It was just a case of getting to know the, the speed of the game because everyone goes on about Premier League being the fastest league in the world and, you know, physically one of the, the strongest leagues. So it was a case of just getting up to that really, physicality of it. It was a big dressing room, Jack, wasn't it? Full of strong characters at the time. Who in particular looked after you? Oh, it was a brilliant dressing room, to be honest. Like, looking back throughout my career, that dressing room that I had, you know, when I first broke through was, was up there. It was one of the best. Um, who looked after me? I'd say probably Phil Neville was a brilliant, you know, obviously being the captain, he's, it's his role to kind of, you know, keep his eye on players and, you know, make sure everyone's in, in the right place. And, you know, even if I'd just had a bad training session or if I even had a really good training session, he was always probably one of the first ones to say he did really well today. Or he was one of them that always looked down for the young players. And, yeah, he was brilliant. When, when you think about somebody who brings a professionalism to a football club and behaves like a true professional, you, you can't look further than Phil Neville, can you? He, he did everything in the correct manner, didn't he? Yeah, he was like, like you said, he was the ultimate pro, but on... In the same breath, though, he was like, uh, he was, he was one of the lads as well, and he was funny, and so he had a good. That's what I'm saying. He had a good mix. He had a good balance of being professional and and knowing when to say the right things to young players. 
What was David Moyes like with you in the early days, Jack? He was brilliant manager. Um, again, like Phil, he was he was good with young lads in terms of like knowing when to pull them and when to speak to them and when to kind of leave you alone. Really, um, yeah, he, like he gave me my opportunity at a very early age. Um, he, he stuck with me and played me as much as he could, which was brilliant. Um, and yeah, I've got I can only thank him for what he's done for me in my career, really. When, when you're a young player and you have to get used to playing in the Premier League, you, there's a lot of things off the field you have to get used to. All of a sudden, once you play for Everton, even if you're only 16, 17, you instantly become one of the most recognisable people in the city. Some people cope with that quite easily. Some people struggle. How, how did you find it? Um, yeah, so like you said, you go from being you know just someone who turns up and plays as academy football to becoming, like you said, a recognisable figure in the city and... You know, to be honest, I was one of them. I didn't really go out much. I was, I was quite, you know, professional in terms of like going on, going to train. And I lived in Southport as well, so I kind of a little bit out of the bubble. Um, you know, I drive to train. I always drive home straight away, and you know, kind of mix with my school friends a little bit. You know, from Southport, and that kept me grounded a lot. Um, and to be honest, it, it kind of keeps you, you know, not only out of trouble, but keeps you out of the you know, the spotlight a little bit, which is probably good for me at a young age. I was probably only 16, 17 at the time. So that's probably, that probably helped a lot. And, and like just having like family around you that, like you said, always keep you grounded, that's probably helped quite a bit as well. I just wondered, did there ever come a time in your Everton career when you felt like one of the more senior players, like you were a bit of a voice in the dressing room or did you always feel like you were one of the younger players? Um, probably... T- well, I, was, I still was only young when I left. I think I was only 21 at the time. Uh, so maybe in that year before that, when I was 20, 21-ish, you know, I was playing a lot more football. And yeah, I felt like, you know, I was never going to be one of the biggest voices in the dressing room because we still had the likes of like Jaggy Elka. We still had Phil Neville, uh, you know, likes of your Tim Kales, big Osmonds, you know, big, big characters, Tim Howard. So I was always still you know, one of the, the younger lads still, but, you know, I felt like I mixed with them a lot more and, you know, I did have a say in things. Um, but in the same breath, you know, there was huge characters in the dressing room. How disappointing was it on a personal level to miss out on the cup final in 2009, having having played a part along the way? Yeah, I mean, I remember that. Obviously, um, it was just disappointing that we didn't get the result, to be honest, more than anything. Uh, but, yeah, it would have been nice to have, to have played in that. Uh, I just, when I think of that moment, I just think of the, the, the disappointment of the lads after, after the game and, you know, how well we did to get there and uh, probably don't really look at it on a personal note. Again, I was still only young at the time and, um, yeah, it was more for the team really that I was just a bit gutted that we lost. What would you say the highlights of your time at Everton was, Jack? Maybe the, 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 the win against Manchester United when you and Dan scored? That was good, yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, I'd say probably... That was probably my highlight, I'd say. Yeah, I remember we won one, weren't we? And then um, we finished. Did Dan come on and scored 2 1? And then I came on to score 3. I'm trying to think who scored the first. Was it Billy Billy Lettinoff? Billy Lettinoff scored a cracker. That was right, yeah. That was amazing for me, you know, scoring against them and ended up taking my shirt off and running into the Gladys Street. <laughs> yeah, that, to be honest, that's probably sticks out in my mind. How did the move to Manchester City come about? Uh, it was quite quick and all of a sudden, actually. It was um, so the following summer after that season, before I was on pre season with Everton, and 
I just got the call saying, you know, um, Man City want to sign you. They'd, they'd won the Premier League that um, year before. From what I was getting told, the club needed a little bit of cash um, income at that time. And, you know, I, I wasn't pushed out the door at all. I wouldn't say that. for, But, you know, it, it kind of suited everyone. As what the, the feeling I got is the deals just suited everyone. So, like I said, it, it came around and it was just one of them that, you know, were saying, OK, we'll, we'll get it done then. And we kind of did it quite quickly under, under, under the radar, really. It wasn't kind of... Mm blowing over for weeks and weeks. It was literally got a call and then two or three days later before I know it, I'm signing for Man City. But yeah, it wasn't a case of me wanting to leave. It wasn't a case of me, you know, handing in requests or anything like that. Like I said, I, I found out about it. And like I said, two, three days later, it was pretty much a done deal. And um, yeah, it was a case of, I felt like at the time from what I was hearing, it was a, a deal that kind of suited Everton at the time. And, you know, coming from, well, signing for the, the league champions, it suited me mm. as well. You know, it wasn't something that I was looking at, wasn't something that I was striving towards, but it was it was the black and white and on paper. So we just got it done quickly, really. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, looking back at, do I wish I hadn't signed? I'm not sure because, you know, you can never look back and say, oh, I should have done this, should have done that. Um, I loved it at Everton, you know, and, and I loved it at Man City as well. Um, so, you know, it's one of them decisions that was kind of just, was there and was made for me a little bit. Um, so yeah. you, you didn't have to have an awkward conversation with David Moyes about it then? He was no, cool about it? It was exactly, exactly. That's probably the point I'm trying to say. It wasn't a case of me having to go in and say, this is what I want. It wasn't a case of me saying, this is what I don't want. It was just, like I said, it just came about. And um, yeah, I think I had one conversation with the manager where it was kind of, the deal was already agreed. So... <laughs> It was a case of chaos. I'm signing for Man City then, you know. It was one of them sort of conversations, you know. I felt like, from what I was told, it suited Everton as well. So, Did you know anybody on a personal level at Manchester City before you went in for, for your first training session? Uh, yeah, I, I played under 21. I played a couple of senior... I knew Julian Lescott, obviously, from Everton. Yeah. Um, I played a couple of 21s and England seniors with a few of the players, like likes of Joe Hart, Michael Richards, James Milner. Um, uh, so most of the English lads I knew quite on a personal note um, yeah. obviously the foreigners knew of them being free playing against them but that's about it really You you, you played alongside some, some terrific players at Everton but did you notice in training when you started at Manchester City you, you were playing alongside and training alongside Yaya Torre David Silva Sergio Aguero Vincent Company. did you think to yourself wow this is something else Yeah it was it was it was like um like like you said, Everton's Everton squad at the time was really strong and really really good players. But then when you join Man City and you, like you said, them names you just mentioned, like David Silva, Aguero, and Tevez, and these big players, you know, just seeing them in training was like was brilliant. It was a great experience. And but you know, Everton was a great squad as well. Like look at like Stephen Pienaar, his ability, and there's quite a few of the players that could have easily slipped into that Man City squad. You know, I felt that at the time our City our Everton team was was a really good team. That first season, I just checked before, you, you didn't play in either of the games against Everton. Were, were you, you always wanted to play football, obviously, but was a part of you quite glad that you didn't have to play against Everton? Probably, yeah. You know, it's every time I play against Everton, to be honest, it's like uh, it's mixed emotions because I love that <laughs> I almost wouldn't want to score. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of them. I, obviously, if it was there and I score, I, I certainly wouldn't celebrate. It's... Um, it's the team that I look out for all the time in the in the results section, and you know it's 
there's still, it's like I said, every player that I've spoke to who, who aren't even local to the club, you know, it holds a place really in them. How good a player was Gareth Barry? He was so like uh, underrated in my opinion, especially at his time at Man City, because obviously you look at the names on the squad and, and you, you look at Gareth Barry and he, you don't quite put him in them in them in the category of the other names, but he was he's almost like he kept things ticking and he was almost like the engine room a little bit in our midfield uh, at Man City. And obviously you you know him from, from Everton as well. I didn't play with him at Everton, but he was uh, he just went about his his business like quietly on off the pitch and on the pitch, you know and. He yeah. was very effective at what he did and, you know, I thought he was a brilliant player. What was it like when, when City won the title in, in 2014? Did you, did you feel a little bit peripheral to it or, or did, did you feel a real a part of it? Uh, I probably felt a little bit of both, actually, because, you know, the, the manager and the squad were always good at, you know, the players on, in the, in the, on the fringe of things, you know, always felt part of it. It wasn't a case of it wasn't like that, you know. Um, I think I made enough appearances to get the medal. It was one of them that, yeah, I felt part of it. Obviously, I would have liked to have played a lot more games, but um, you know, looking at the, the, the squad and all that, you know, I had to be patient a little bit. And to be honest, my patience kind of ran out a little bit towards the end of that season, and that's when obviously I made my, my next move. But yeah, it wasn't a case of me feeling, you know, not part of it. I definitely felt part of it, and the the squad we all did. To be honest, the way the way it was managed was really mm-hmm. really good. Would the ideal scenario for you maybe have been to have a couple of more seasons at Everton and then go to Manchester City? Possibly, yeah. You know, possibly that could have worked out better. Um, like, but you, you know, you just you just don't know, do you? You know, who knows what what that would have looked like? And you know, it's it, it's always easy to say, you know, I wish this or, or you probably should have done this or you know what I mean. So it's I don't really look at it like that. But maybe maybe that could have been a better situation. But it was certainly your desire to play regularly that 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 brought on your move to Sunderland, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, I, I wasn't really happy of just like being on the fringes of things, especially, you know, coming from Everton and, you know, being involved most weeks and then, you know, going from that to like 50% of the games. It was like a case of me just wanting to get out there and playing every week and, you know, you know, show my, showing everyone what I can do. Really. What was Gus Poyet like? Yeah, he was a really good manager, uh, tactically really good. Um, Obviously, he signed me. Uh, and, yeah, he was a good man manager as well. He's obviously been there and done it himself. And all the players respected him and liked him. And he was, he was quite a funny guy, actually. I, I got on with him really well. And, uh, yeah, he, I really enjoyed working with him. Was Dick Advocat something different altogether? Dick Advocat, yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, honestly, the amount of managers I've had at Sunderland, it's like... I know. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, I can remember him, yeah. So, um Dick Advocat came in and obviously an experienced manager. He's been at the highest level pretty much his whole whole management career, really. Um, but yeah, I think he was towards, I felt like he was towards the back end of his career, really, at Sunderland. Uh, I got on with him really well. I thought he was a brilliant manager. Um, but uh, he didn't, he didn't, so he, he signed, he, he kept us up, did really well. And then the season after, for some reason, I think uh, maybe 10, 15 games into the season, something wasn't going right for him. I don't know what it was, maybe behind the scenes, and he decided to leave. So I didn't get to work with him too much, maybe all in all five, six months. But from what I've worked with him, he was, he was a good guy, a good manager. Just want to ask you about a, a couple of other Sunderland managers you played under while you were up at the Stadium of Light. Sam Allardyce. How yeah. did you get on with Big Sam? Big Sam, yeah. Again, he's... Totally different again in in terms of his um, 
of what he wants from the players and in terms of his man management as well. Again, a different approach to man management, but it worked. Um, you know, he's a more of an old school English manager. Uh, and to be honest, well, he, he kept us up one year uh, and that was it. You know, the rest was history, really. Like you said, he got the England job. Um, what he wanted from his players worked. He told us, like, he was quite stat-based, you know. He, he, he believed in certain stats would get you certain results. And to be honest, it, it, was, it was exactly to a T and it did work. And, um, but yeah, he was, again, I, I really enjoyed playing with him. And what were your thoughts when you found out that uh, the new manager was going to be David Moyes? Well, that was for me, that was brilliant news, you know, like a uh, familiar face, obviously brought me through at a young age at Everton. So that was brilliant to see so many old faces as well. You like broad, broad likes of Jimmy Lumsden in and, you know, people like that who we haven't seen in a while. And yeah, it was, it was just, it was nice surroundings again, obviously being familiar with him. It seems, again, from the outside looking in, that when David Moyes took over, the Sunderland slide was already well underway and, and it was going to be very, very difficult, if not impossible, for, for David to, to arrest that slide. It was a tough job, like, you know, looking back at it. I mean, the two seasons before that, we just survived relegation and, you know, and survived, we actually did. You know, it was like down to the wire the last few games. Um, so the third season, obviously, Moyes came in and, it was, again, it's difficult, you know, like you said, the team wasn't on a necessarily a positive sort of momentum. It was probably the opposite, if anything. And yeah, you know, I, I felt like at the time, no matter what he did, really, it was going to be a very difficult job. Again, he gave it his all and yeah, he did, in my opinion, he, he did as well as he could, really, and it just didn't quite work out. Had he changed, Jack? Was he, was he a different person? Was he a different manager from the David Moyes that was at Everton? Uh... It's a, it's a bit hard to it, possibly, but it, it could have been possibly that I was a young lad then, uh, and I've, I've just seen him in a different sort of light. You know, when you're 16, 17, and you you, you break into the first team, the manager is like you know such an intimidating figure, especially someone like David Moyes. Um, so perhaps maybe he wasn't as intimidating, but that's probably because I'd been around the game a little bit longer. Um, you know, I probably spoke to him a little bit more at Sunderland because I was a bit older myself and you know so I don't know if he was more easygoing or it was just me a case of me being a bit older do you know what I'm saying um so a bit braver. Of... <laughs> yeah a bit brave <laughs> exactly yeah I didn't speak to him when I was at Everton honestly especially if we'd lost I, I didn't want to be in the same room as him I don't think anyone did <laughs> how difficult was it for you personally to cope with, with, with relegation? Having played in great Everton teams and then played for Manchester City, must have been difficult. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's difficult. we had it again. We had a good, good bunch in that, in that dressing room. It went down. A few good, experienced players. And the two seasons before, like I said, it was mentally tough as well because it was a battle. It was a, it was a relegation battle for two years. And then to get relegated was a massive blow for, for everyone at the club, really. And, you know, the following the season after that when we were in the championship I mean I don't think anyone expected us to get relegated again I don't know it's a big Premier League club and it's been in the Premier League for a good number of years you usually expect them to either bounce back up straight back up or maybe you know a couple of years maybe two three years of rebuilding and then but obviously to go straight back down again was a yeah it was a it was a massive shock for everyone really what was the players attitude to that television documentary the cameras were everywhere weren't they yeah, I, you know, I was uh, I was kind of a little bit 
I mean, they were they were everywhere. Yeah, they were on the pitch. They were behind the scenes. I mean, it's good. It's good for fans and good for things like that to see things. But uh, as players, I think most of us would kind of wanted our a little bit of our own space, especially and the manager also as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, it was one of them things. And and to be honest, it was a season for me where I wasn't I wasn't playing at all. So a little bit of a low season for me in general. So I was kind of out the way a little bit from the dressing room. So I didn't really quite, you know, get to see it every day. You know, but it was one of them you know you look back and it was a little bit off-putting to be honest and, and it looked as if it looked as if again I'll use that phrase again from the outside looking in it looked as if that things weren't going well so the powers that be at Sunderland Football Club needed a bit of a scapegoat they needed somebody else to focus the attention on and 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 unfortunately you fitted the bill didn't you they they, they, they went for you yeah I mean yeah, that, that season was a little bit, it wasn't a good season, especially for anyone, especially for me. It was a case that, I, I mean, I, I didn't even kick a ball that season. And like you said, I feel like I got made a scapegoat, you know, without doing anything wrong, really. Uh, I mean, I was, I was I was ready to play. And for whatever reason, I wasn't ever picked. Um, things like that happen in football, you know. I never, I don't really speak about it in media. You know, I could go on and on, but I don't really because it's just, it's part and parcel of the game and I just I just get on with it and just, you know, try and keep positive and don't even really think about it because, you know, I could I could look back and say, you know, well, you know, this is how they treated me, this is what they did, this is, you know, how they were they were wrong about this. But I, you know, like I said, I know what happened, I know what type of person I am and you know, that's the main thing really. And you know, I just kinda of try and let my football do the talking really. Bit of an Everton old boys gang at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we had um, there was me, myself, uh, Stephen, Pinar, yeah, obviously the manager, um, Gibbo, Gibbo, yes, Gibbo. Uh, trying to think, when did we sign Brian Oviedo? Was it Oviedo as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oviedo was here, but I don't yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Jolian was there for a bit, wasn't he? Jolian as well. Jolian was there, so it was yeah. me, Jolian. Stephen, Victor, Brian, <laughs> yeah, and then obviously the manager. It was a yeah, it was funny, good time. <laughs> did did you ever did you ever doubt yourself when you weren't in the team because some of them were struggling in the championship and the manager still wouldn't play you? Did you did you have any any moments of self doubt? No, because I, I mean, I just don't think they were ever going to play me. Really, I think it was kind of you know behind the scenes decisions that were out of my control, really, and. Like you said, I was just I was just going about my business as normal, training every day as hard as I could, you know. And if I get picked, if if I don't get picked, that's not up to up to up to me really. And the reasons I was getting told why I wasn't getting picked were other reasons that you know I don't really go into. So no need to uh, just yeah. So I was just like I said, I was just turning up and training, and I wasn't getting picked. I wasn't getting picked. It's a shame, is it? Because I've always, I always love going up to Sunderland. It's a lovely club with lovely people. Yeah, no, it's a massive club. It's like, like I said, it's a shame really where, where they are really. And, you know, I, I don't think anyone really expects them to be in League One doing work, you know, not obviously the missed promotion this year. I was unfortunate circumstances with the virus and things like that. But like you said, it's a massive club, you know, massive fan base, great stadium. You know, it's got the history. It's got everything it, it needs to be a big club. But it's just unfortunate for... For the last few years, it's just been on a bit of a downward slide. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back soon. It might just take a couple, couple more years to just, you know, cement themselves a bit of a championship team and then, you know, build from there, really. You know, 
maybe two, three years, I think you might see him back in the Premier League. You just don't know, do you? No, I, 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 we, we, we wish them well. Now, the last time I actually physically met you, Jack, was in the car park at Finch Farm when you, were, uh, you came in for some training. You were the last person I expected to see. What happened there? Yeah, so um, it was off-season and um, someone made some, some phone calls for me and, you know, got me into to train with, with Everton at the time because I was, I was obviously off-season and just to keep some fitness up. Um, it was before I signed for Blackburn. And yeah, it was brilliant to see yourself and see everyone else that I'd you know, not seen in a while and be back at the building. And, you know, it was brilliant that they allowed me to train with the team. And yeah, it was really good. Did you enjoy your spell at Blackburn Rovers? Brilliant club. Yeah, I really liked it there. You know, manager was brilliant. Tony Mowbray, excellent manager. Uh, great group of lads. Um, really enjoyed it, yeah. Um, again, I signed, only signed for a year. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that season uh, for every, for, in terms of everything, the football, fans, the management, the players. It's, again, another big club, really. It's another good club that, you know, if, if they do get back into the Premier League, I'd like to see them, you know, remain in there for a while, like, like the good old days, really, when they were back-to-back Premier League team, really, weren't they? You know, obviously won the league. Uh, I don't see why it can't get to that stage uh, again, really. You've played, for a, you've played for a few managers during your career and, and lots of different managers, different personalities. So if you do ever go into coaching, you've got plenty of people to learn bits and pieces from, haven't you? Yeah, like you said, I've, uh, I, I don't I, I count them how many I've, I've, I've played <laughs> on the but, uh, Yeah, so it's been a good few. Uh, mix, like you said, a mix of cultures, a mix of uh, tactics, different ideas, man management skills. Uh, you know, that everyone's different the way they deal with their players. Uh, you know, no, I don't feel like anyone's right, anyone's wrong. It's just the way they are you know, as a manager. And it's, like I said, it's good to pick up little bits of, of everyone. If you ever do go into it, then I'll have a good, a good uh, wealth of knowledge anyway. Is that, on, is that on your radar? Is that on Jack Rodwell's radar to move into coaching? Uh, you know what? I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I've actually been um, debating doing my co- coaching badges recently because there's a few lads at Sheffield United. We always talk about it and they, they've done them. And they say you can do it throughout the season. And I just think, you know what, it's, it's worth having behind me and just, just in case I ever do fancy it. But right now, uh, you know, I'm still 29 and I'm just thinking, you know, probably still got enough. Is it, you know, if I really want, I can play to 35 plus. If I want physically, I can definitely. So, but I'm still thinking, you know what, if it's in season and I can just spend the odd afternoon doing, getting my B licence to start with, potentially one day I'll go down that route. But, it's probably a little bit too far down the line for me to think fully about it. If you could go back to a 16-year-old Jack Rodwell now the way you are, what, what, would you, what, what piece of advice would you give him? Would I give myself? Um, I'd just say, you know, savour every moment, you know, uh, enjoy it as much as you can. <laughs> it does fly. <laughs> you, you know, you break into the team and, you know, you look at the time, you look at the older players and you think, you know, I'm never going to get to that age. And then I remember them always saying, you know, it, it goes quick, it goes quick. And, you know, but you just don't think it does. You just put down, you know, 10 years just goes like that. You know, uh, yeah, 29 now. I'd probably say that. I'd say enjoy every moment, you know, savour the special moments. And yeah, because it does go quick. And you have to be prepared to know that it is a roller coaster, isn't it, football? It's not always going to go your way. No, for sure. Yeah, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. and important to keep like sort of a mental level playing field in terms of mentally and you know taking the good with the bad really I always thought even from a young age that, that a future in media might have beckoned for you is that something that you've considered in the media yeah well 
you know, I'm just waiting for you to to quit your job <laughs> and I'm going to step in your place. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd love to stay around the game in some some capacity, really. Um, whether that's coaching, whether that's like you said, media side of things. Um, yeah, I think I think I would do something. You know, maybe in commentary, maybe. Mm. Yeah, there's so many different avenues you can go down nowadays uh, that you're still involved in the game. So, like I said, I've not 100% thought about things like that. I've, it's crossed my mind a little bit to get the coaching badges. But, you know, once I get them and once maybe I get to a, a little bit older, maybe 33, something like that, and you know, then I'll probably have a good think and I'll sit down and think, you know, well, what am I going to do next? What do I want to do next? But I would definitely like to stay in the game in some form, yeah. I can't believe when you say, when I get a bit older, around about 33. I'd give anything to be 33, by the way. <laughs> older in terms of football. It's weird because, like, you know, you look, it's, like I said then, you know, you think 33 is old. But in terms of footballing, you, you know, you, you are on your last legs, really, in terms of, like, <laughs> you've got, but in, in life, it's still, like, it's still young, like yeah. you said. So it's a short career football, and that's, that's another thing. Like I said, obviously, if I was to go back, I'd say to myself, you know, is it? it goes quick and it is very short as well so make the most of it Jack I'm absolutely delighted to see you back in the Premier League it's where you belong and uh, it's been a delight to catch up with you again today and it's great to see you looking so well thanks for joining us I appreciate that guys really good to speak to you too mate it's been a long time we'll keep in touch mate all the best pal thanks a lot mate